live from the northwest suburbs, you're listening to the Sox Side Hitmen Podcast, talking all White Sox news and more with your hosts, Carrie and Jake. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Sox Side Hitmen Podcast. It's your host, Carrie. You can find me on Twitter at ThatBaseballFan. Hoping Jake gets it right this time. So, uh, Jake, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. You can uh, find me at uh, BatFlipCrazy7 and uh, Tim Anderson's BatFlip. I'm doing well. I'm glad uh, Episode 5 is near. I feel like we've been waiting to this for a while, but, you know, things happen, and we're here, ready to go. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode um, just because there's a lot to catch up on since it's been a couple weeks here. Um and uh, got some pretty cool things to announce at the end of the episode that has to do with our Twitter spotlight of the week, who we're excited for. Um, cool dude. Met him at a Sox game a couple times. He was my first Sox Twitter person I met. Um, but he is cool dude, so he's going to be joining us um, on a future episode. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about spring training so far. Um 26 man, some bold statements that have to do with the 26 man. Hopefully, uh, Jake's got a better bold statement uh, this episode than uh, last. And this is a one take podcast, so remember, I have no idea if he's going to come up with a crazy uh, bold statement like Abreu hitting 330 home runs and 100 RBIs like he's never done it before. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, final rosters predictions. Because we're about a month away, a little less than a month away from the season actually starting. Um, opening day lineups and how we're going to one of the to second game together. And then uh, we'll end it with the Twitter shout-out, like we said. So um, I'm going to start it here. Jake, um, I know you've wanted to talk about the uh, injuries to our pitching staff and some key players already. I know you're kind of like annoyed about it. So let I want to let you touch base on that. Uh, annoyed. I hate injuries, especially when they're early on, because it's like, oh yeah, no, it's early, it's not a big deal, and then it turns out to be a big deal, and it just scares me, because anytime when a pitcher has a shoulder problem or a lat issue, it's just like, it's scary, because that's their entire body motion, and it's like, you know, not that I'd rather have a leg injury, but at the same time, you know, their shoulder, that's their, that's their pitching arm, that's their, you know, their back, and that's super important, so with uh, Lucas Giolito, our ace in shining armor, we uh, we need a you know, big year from him to continue to where he left off, and kind of with that lat issue, is a little scary, you know, from, from what I've read, he's doing well, they're, you know, taking it slow, and there's no need to really force anything early in the spring training with, you know, Gio Gonzalez, got a little bit of a shoulder, but, you know, I'm not super concerned. They say Grandal's got a little bit of a calf issue, and he seems like he's he was even catching, you know, bad at, you know, a pitching practice with them. So I'm not too concerned in the bullpen there. And uh, Edwin Encarnacion, he's, you know, older guy. Got to make sure we take care of his back. But, I mean, if he could, you know, take care of himself and, you know, get some rest like we kind of expect, I'm not too concerned there. Yeah, I mean, I'm only concerned about one, which is Gio Gonzalez. The fact that, like, every time he's thrown so far – he said he's just got discomfort, right? Uh, that doesn't bode well usually, especially with the shoulder. The thing that's weird is that he's not a guy that just throws 95 miles per hour, so it's like this could be potentially really bad, but I'm hoping not. I mean, he, he brings so much stability to the back end of that rotation that we need. So, um, yeah, it's just typical White Sox kind of annoying injuries, you know. To, that they just kind of just throw out there right away. It's like, oh, cool. 
here we are. <laughs> but I'm I'm not really worried. I think they'll all be there um, for game one. I mean, I, I I don't I don't think so. I mean, Edwin was just playing and and Giolito's been throwing and I think Grandal yeah, like you said, Grandal's actually been uh, um, catching some games. So, um, but just a few things. I mean, it seems like they are having a lot of fun. These guys, you know, uh, some funny moments so far that you see on Twitter and um, just. A lot, of, a lot of good things happening with this ball club just between, you know, the veteran leadership and the young guys kind of gelling, you know, uh, meshing. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going uh, to pan out this year. I'm really excited, but um, they have been playing pretty well. I mean, they're um, so far. I mean, it's only been a couple games, but I think they I think they have more wins or losses. I, I honestly am not even sure. I probably should have done some research on them before. I really don't even want to go into winning and losing in you know in spring training because I don't it doesn't really matter. I mean there are teams that have done awful in spring training that have you know won the division and there's teams that won every game and then the White Sox are having the worst season I remember in years. So it really it doesn't matter to me as long as players are taking strides, getting their you know their legs up and their arms you know to get to that six inning spot. That's where my concern lies, and it seems like we're hitting in all aspects, which didn't really happen often. Because White Sox batting last year, one through four was great, but what was coming next is it was tough. And this year they kind of have that stability in the lineup where even if it's not their starters, they're still hitting. And we got a couple guys who are you know trying to vie for that 26th man, which we'll get into later, that are really putting the bat in the ball. And while it's spring training, these guys, you know, it's a lot of young guys, it's a lot of veterans who are trying to get their spots. I mean, I saw Ross Detweiler started the other day, which actually he pitched well, so good for us pitching depth. But you know, it's like you see that in the sense of you know these guys are fighting, and if they're going to put the bat in the ball, which they should be doing, it's good, especially for the guys who aren't going to be on the roster to begin the season if they can hit. That's just more depth for, you know, things happen throughout the year. And if he can continue to put the bat in the ball, it's going to be good for us going into the start of the year. I mean, pitching is obviously a huge concern. And if we can continue to build up the innings, kind of figure out who's going to be at the back end of our bullpen, solidify their rotation, get our young guys some, you know, good reps against major league players, this is going to be a good, you know, spring training for us, no matter what our win-loss record will be. So that's really all I got on that. I know, Carrie, you've got a lot of things to say about that 26th man where Really excited about getting to that topic. Oh yeah, because I mean, it's kind of going to be. I'm. I want to hear your bold reaction, like I was saying before. Not reaction, your bold statement. Uh, um. So yeah, I want to get into the, the 26 man. Before I do that, though, I want to get into one man who I am fucking excited about. Uh, Andrew Vaughn. I mean, holy shit, this kid is. This kid can hit. Um, I know people will say, yeah, that, that curveball was just hung. It was hung up there, but he still hit the crap out of that ball. And he's still hitting the ball. And I don't know if you saw or noticed. Um, I saw something on Twitter that Josh Donaldson, because it's, it's the same swing. It's so identical with that big leg kick and just the power and just so much like lower body strength. He liked the tweet about Andrew Vaughn, you know, and just was like, yeah, that, that's my that's my swing. So, I mean, he. This, this could be bold. What I'm about to say, I think I, I think I will say it though. I think because I really do mean it. I, oh, I don't even know if I want to say it though. I was gonna say I think when it comes down to it, he will be our first baseman next year, and Abreu will probably be DH. It's just so hard because you have Robert and Eloy, and Yoan. But I think Andrew Vaughn could be the best hitter as far as 
OPS, slugging, you know, you know what I'm saying, slugging on base. I, I don't know why. I just think he could be just he's he. I think he could be Josh Donaldson of the first base, Josh Donaldson. I don't know. It, what's your thoughts on Vaughn? I mean, I don't know if that's a little crazy to say, but I really because I love Robert, Eloy, Yoan, you know. But I don't know. Yeah, I love the uh, boldness. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to be on the roster to begin the year. We no. don't we don't need him. He needs time to develop. And they're going like, oh yeah, of course it was a hanging curveball. You know, hitters need to be able to recognize when a hanging curveball is right there and not follow it backwards and take a huge swing. Well, he was able to hit hit it out of the park, and regardless of who's pitching, he still took advantage of of the spot. I mean, I think Vaughn's going to be very good for us. I don't know if he'll necessarily be that, you know, better than Eloy or Robert in their you know OPS. But I mean, I think he's going to be a you know three, four, five hitter on a on a high caliber offensive team where he you can kind of slot him anywhere. You don't need to bring him up and have him hit third. He could probably hit eighth for the time being because he's got so many guys ahead of him. And I mean, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be really good for us. I don't my my biggest concern about him is he going to be able to play the field consistently. But I mean, if you have him up there with a Brayer, you can easily rotate them. You have other options to get him at bats. I mean, he's going to be your everyday first base DH guy. No question. His bat is too good not to get in the lineup every day. And especially with that lower body strength and his core strength, he can he can turn on pitches and pull them. From what I've seen last year, he can go the opposite way. He can find the gap. He's not just this. I'm gonna pull the ball, crush it to left field, you know, left center field every day. He can actually hit the ball, not just for power. He can actually hit. So I mean, I would love if he's got you know better career numbers than you know Jose Abreu has for us. I think that's kind of the projection that's gonna be a little bit better than him. But I mean, he's young. He's got time to develop, and he has. He has people in front and behind him who are going to hit. They're not going to be like, oh, let's get to Andrew Vaughn. It's, oh, I got to get past Eloy, Abreu, Grandal. Oh, you know, Vaughn's right there. Well, I mean, just that's just I love saying those names. I just hope that it comes sooner rather than later. But, I mean, it just takes time to develop, and we need to pump the brakes. And all these guys are going to be stars. They need to learn the game first. Major League level, way too good. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I just, the kid just... I mean, when we drafted him, I was so pumped, so pumped. I mean, I, I I don't know what it is. He just does remind me of Donaldson, and if that's who we can have, I'm I'm fine with that. And if anybody complains like that one guy saying that he wouldn't take Ricky Henderson, his ceiling for Robert, I almost shit my pants. Are you kidding me? That's, that's worst case scenario. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. So. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. But um, back to our 26th man. I mean, you got Yerman Mercedes, Zach Collins, who didn't make a comment about wanting to be in AAA if that's the case. You got Daniel Polka, I guess. Um, Nicky Delmonico. I mean, who do you think is going to be the 26th man? I mean, I, I'll i give it my answer. I mean, I'll give you my answer. I think it's going to be Yerman. I, I think uh, it's going to be a White Sox move, and he'll be, he'll be playing uh, third catcher, DH, first base with the White Sox? Well, I think the most interesting thing to me about the 26th man is my first, you know, my defensiveness. I think I want another pitcher, but it's not allowed. It's illegal to have that 26th man as the pitcher. You can only have 13 pitchers and now 13 position players. And I think it's really interesting. Where wh- What do you want to do with that? Do you want to have it as a utility guy? No, I want a bat. I agree. I want Mercedes up there. I think he's forced his hand. Well, it's like we got to give him a shot. I mean, if he can't do it as a fielder, we can have a guy who can be a backup DH or a pinch hitter. We 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 can have that, you know, kind of like the NL has that one guy that can come off you know off the bench in the seventh inning to hit for the pitcher. That could be our guy to pinch hit for whoever's over three with two strikeouts. 
And I think he's just he has that power that he could change a game. You know, two two in the eighth. Mercedes comes up the bat with two runners on. He crush a ball to the center field and two runs score by the time he gets to second base. I mean, we don't need him to play the field. We need his bat. And especially in this day and age when home runs mean more than anything else, that one or two runs from him off the bench in the eight, you know seventh eighth inning, he's our twenty sixth man in my opinion. Yeah, very valid points there. Um, I don't really think I can disagree with you there. I mean. Seriously, it's don't say wow. Um, yeah, I I really have nothing to say about that. I mean, Yerman has the bat. I mean, he's got the bat. He's a pretty exciting player. I like Collins. I think that he needs to be traded though. That's my opinion. He needs to be packaged in a trade for something they need in July. I don't think he's got a place on this team ever. Him and McCann could be packaged, and you can I mean, you could make Yerman your backup catcher. I know he's not that great of a catcher, but he could be your backup and just hit on days that Grandal doesn't play. And that could work. You know what I'm saying? Because it could. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's get into the uh, roster. Um, I mean, I got my whole roster written out here. Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to have Yasmani, you know, the whole starting lineup. But for me, I think your bench is Angle, Mandic. McCann and Yerman uh, Mercedes. What do you think about that, your bench? I mean, I think you kind of nailed it square on. That's exactly what it needs to be. We have enough versatility there to kind of, you know, everyone's going to need a break every once in a while. And I don't feel like it's going to be a big deal if Mendick, you know, gets a game at short, gets a game at second, gets one at third eventually. And, I mean, we have Adam Engel can kind of play left field at the end of a game for Eloy or play right for Mazzara any day of the week. He's such a good field that you kind of have to get him out there sometimes. I mean, yeah, he's not going to hit over 225 his whole career, but when you have a glove like that, you're going to find yourself on a major league roster. And, you know, you got that bat, Mercedes. He's he's there. And, I mean, McCann's probably the best backup catcher in all of baseball right now. And we don't really need Mercedes to be a catcher because I don't think he can cut it in the field at all. If he couldn't really do it at AAA, what do they think we can do it at the majors? But that bat, that bat will mean more than anything. I mean, it, it gets guys jobs, and he'll have a job for, you know, at least for us right now is that – that bench bat that we so longly needed. Yeah, I agree. Um, here's what I think, though. I think if Magical does indeed make it on the opening day roster, um, which I hope he does because that just means the Sox are serious about winning. Um, and, you know, that I'm the OG Magical guy. So, of course, I want him on the uh, opening day team. Um, so, I think Mendick's got to go down. It's got to be Mendick. I I don't think I think Yerman has to stay up in front of Mendick, because um, Larry Garcia would be your backup bench player for he'd be like your first guy off the bench, and you would have McCann and Yerman, and then essentially that would just make Angle your twenty six man. Which if that's your twenty six man, fine. He's a really good fielder. He could play any field any place in uh, in the outfield, and he does it very well. So, I, th- I I would be okay with that. So, that's why I'm, I'm kind of hoping Madrigal does make it so we don't even have to have this argument. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would rather that be it. So, um, and then um, the last pitching spot. That's going to be another interesting, the 13th man for uh, the pitching. I mean, I mean, just on my list here, I got, <laughs> I wrote Fulmer and wrote Yuck. You got Fulmer, uh, Taylor Guerrero, 
I personally want it to be Zach Birdie if he impresses during spring training. I don't know about you. I don't think they're going to give Birdie that shot yet. He needs to prove he can stay healthy long enough, and I think you know he's going to probably start the year off in AAA. I don't necessarily agree with your yuck statement of Carson Fulmer as much as I used to. I think he's, I think he's close. He he knows what he needs to do, and they're going to give him the shot because I think he's going to impress them the most this spring. Although he's, is he going to keep it? Honestly, I doubt it. But I think they're going to give him that first nod of the kind of the rotation of depth pitchers they have. Because Guerrero, I don't know if he can find the strike zone well enough unless Don Cooper works his Don Cooper magic, which could very well happen. I mean, look what he did with Matt Thornton. So, I mean, here's here, here's the scenario is that last guy in the bullpen, do you want him to be able to pitch two, three innings like Fulmer we know potentially can do as a former starter? Or do you want that, that extra bullpen guy? So it really just depends on who impresses the most in spring training. And right now I'd have to pick Fulmer just because I feel like I want that to happen. But I, I want it for him, for him. Who gives a shit? I don't want to. I don't care. I want to win. You care about Carson Fulmer that much? Oh my god, disgusting! Absolutely disgusting. And you said Don Cooper magic. I can't. You are such a meatball. You are such a White Sox typical meatball. Don Cooper magic and and what <laughs> oh, what do you do with Bummer? Was actually a high, like a decently rated prospect. So it's not even about that. Come on. Don't give me that Don Cooper magic shit. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Oh, oh. Carson Fulmer sucks. He sucks. I hope he's not on the opening day roster. Give it to Birdie. Give it to Taylor Guerrero. I don't care who it is. Do not give it to Carson Fulmer. I'm sorry. That's that's just my uh, my opinion here. So, um, Jake, one thing I did want to uh, do with you real quick is kind of a rapid question. Um thing here with you so um you know i i uh i want to see your reaction to this just because you know me and you like to um disagree a lot a, a lot about stuff so uh magical or garcia opening day go i want it to be magical but it's gonna be leory garcia better year cease or kopech michael kopech wow okay uh lopez or cease lopez Wow. Giolito or Keichel? Giolito. Herrera or Fry? Herrera bounces back. Colome or Bummer? Aaron Bummer is a closer by the end of the year. I literally, was, I literally wrote here. I, it says, I bet he says Bummer better year. I literally wrote that. So I knew that. Uh, more homers, Eloy or EE? Eloy. Most RBO, most RBIs on the team. Jose Abreu, very bold. Um, let's see, MVP for the White Sox this year. Yoan Moncada. Cool. All right, now you ask me. <laughs> I feel like I might be able to guess these answers, but uh, Magical or Leury Garcia? You know the answer. Yeah, Leury Garcia. Cease or Kopech better year. Cease. Cease or Lopez. Cease. Giolito or Keiko. Giolito. Herrera or Fry. Fry. Good. I'm I'm okay with that. Colome or Bummer. Bummer. Wow, we agreed. And uh, more homers, Eloy or the Parrot. 
Eloy. And uh, RBIs most. I'm going to go with Eloy. So is Eloy your MVP or is it Johan? My MVP this year is Luis Robert. Did not expect that, but no. just watch. Just watch. He's going to make the most impact. Yeah, I wanted to just do that. I uh, didn't even tell Jake we were going to do that. I just kind of surprised him with that. I wanted to just see what his reactions would be right on the spot like that without telling him. Um, good answers. I agree with we agree with a decent amount. I mean, I just I think Eloy is going to be really good. Just wait. So, um, you know, before we, you know, I just wanted to do that before we got into the opening day lineup. Now that we kind of see what that is, right? Um, so I hope you are changing your mind because I know you've been a big advocate for Larry Garcia batting leadoff this whole time we've been doing these podcasts. Um, but I think it's going to be Tim Anderson, Yoel Moncada, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, EE, Eloy, Robert, Nomar, Mazzara, and then. Unfortunately, Larry Garcia not magical. What do you what do you think? I agree with most of that. I do think Eloy is going to hit above EE. I think he's kind of destined for that that spot right there. I think he's especially with you know two three runners on base. I think he's going to get a lot of RBIs there. And I think you know you kind of want that balance towards the end of the power guy. And Eloy is more of the I'm going to drive in runs with power guy. I don't know. Edwin Encarnacion gets on base a lot more than Eloy does. That gives the opportunity for Eloy to drive him in more with the ho- with the homers and just everything else. I mean, that's just what I think. I mean, I I don't know. So, um, hey, it's going to be interesting. And Giolito's going to be there um, first game starting. I'm excited because I'm going to be there. You know, I'll be right there in like 116, um, which, you know, we're going to be there for game two, Jake, and I'm really excited. Um, I think it's going to be a good time. We're going to be sitting right in the 108, too. Um, I've sat there one time, and none of them were there. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, so this time, I'm sure they'll all be there because it's game two. I'm sure it'll be freezing cold. Um, so I'm excited for it. I know we're going to be going to the tailgate, wherever it is, and um, we'll be there early. It's an early game, and we'll sit in the 108, and we'll drink, and... I think it's going to be a great it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be the Royals so we'll boo the hell. I hope Brad Keller's pitching one of those two games. I'm just excited to kind of be at a at the Sox park with energy in the stadium cuz I feel like the last couple of years I mean I've been there, I've been angry. I've been yelling at you know things at Jerry Reinsdorf even though hopefully he can't hear me. But I mean I've been I've been angry. It's been frustrating to see that team and know that, you know, there's no one in right field when we're sitting in, you know, the first row seats that my uncle used to have. Unfortunately I have to say used to have, it didn't renew. But it's like who was in right field? It was a combination of Ryan Cordell, <laughs> Daniel Palka. I don't even want to say that name. Can we ban that name from the show, please? Okay. Packed. Uh, it's just like no one's in right field. It's, it's kind of hard. And, you know, the bottom of the order, I just, it's like we, we left so many games in the seventh inning because we're down 7-0 to zero and nothing happened, and I wanted to go home and do other things. So the energy in the stadium is going to be there. There's going to be so many excited Sox fans. There's going to be so many people who are excited to be there just, you know, as fans of Twitter. Like White Sox Twitter is huge, and I feel like a lot of those people are kind of getting excited to go to all these games, and there's going to be so much buzz in the ballpark that I'm so excited to be around. 
Can we just talk about how elite White Sox Twitter is with those like polls on like that Fox Sports network? We beat out a ton of really good fan bases and somehow we got second place. I mean, we lost to Atlanta somehow in the last hour or two. Ooh, is that a, a, a scandal? No. Uh, yeah, a lot of bots. They bought bots. Fake news. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, um, it is going to be a good time. I, I want to agree with that. I mean, it's going to be very electric. I think the last time it was electric like that, I think it was Kopech's start in 2018. Cause, just because Eloy was there on opening day. So, Eloy, it, it was exciting no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, it's going to be like that for Robert. But it's on opening day, so it's it, it's gonna st- the reason why it's gonna be different is because this team is gonna be competitive, and we know that. But it's also gonna be cool to see Robert in his first couple of games. I, I I'm just so happy to get to see him in person now, and it's almost gonna be surreal because like you hear of a guy like Luis Robert when you sign him, and like well, I think it was early 2016. I think it was December 2016. And you're like, oh, this guy, you know, hopefully he makes it. You know, we spent a lot of money. Can't wait to see him in a couple years. And now you see, like, you're going to see him. It's going to be crazy. And I'm really excited just because it's going to be cool seeing White Sox Twitter. But not even not just because that. This team's got a product. And the product's going to be fun with good players, with the mesh of good players. You're, we're going to play the shitty Royals. So hopefully we just beat the hell out of them the first couple of games and just score a ton of runs. And you know what? Um, I don't. You know, besides the Kopech and, and stuff like that. Before that, I mean, my last energetic game before Kopech was probably 2008 when I was at the loss for the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, White Sox Rays game. I was there. I watched Griffey strike out. I mean, it was it was probably the last time the stadium was like electric. I mean, that was it. And I was at the blackout game. So like, I mean, that was an awesome game. But you know, I think this season's going to be different. I think it's going to be fun, and I'm really, really excited for this year. I mean, Jake, me and you have been bitching and complaining about being a White Sox fan since we've met in 2010. And, you know, 2012, when we were in college together, we watched them be in first place for 117 games out of the out of the 162, and they blew it, and we were miserable. So I'm excited for this year, and especially because we're going to be doing, you know, the podcast and doing weekly shows once it starts recapping the week you know of Sox baseball so I, especially because you're gonna be living with me so it's gonna be a lot of fun that's a scary thought I gotta mentally prepare myself to live with you but uh yeah I'm, I'm very excited about this year and I know uh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pull one of my according to sources lines um, I'm f- I'm familiar with uh, a a text I received in the morning of a Twitter link from Jim Memolo speaking about Luis Robert and I happened to be friends with his son, and we went to a Blackhawks game not too long ago. And we were in the car, and I asked him about, you know, what he was saying. He goes, this is a can't-miss guy. He goes, this is such a can't-miss guy that we have ready to start the year. And I think that everything's kind of coming together. And, I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, he grew up in New York, so he's a Yankees fan. He's technically a Cub fan, but he could not say enough things about this team for this year. And I'm just very, very excited to, you know, get a confirmed source to a guy, I've, you know, I've grown up with. But it's, it's finally time. It's finally time that we're not looked at as the second team in Chicago. I mean, even I know Cub fans are like, dude, you guys are are starting to look pretty good, and they're not going to claim like they're scared. They're just going to talk shit to us because that's what Cub fans do. But, I mean, I like to see that they're scared of us. They're not not the only team in Chicago that's actually doing something now. It's 
White Sox are starting to go on that totem pole. Not that we have a whole lot to keep up with with everything else going on, but the White Sox are kind of the team in Chicago right now. Oh, absolutely, and this is what I want to say um, to all the people that I work with. Z, my boss, Repo, um, let's see, Ryan, who sits across from me, all you Cub fans that have been talking shit to me since I've been there the past couple of years, I told you, just wait, one day it's going to backfire, and I am a very vocal person. I said, so you, if you stop now while you're ahead, and I said, if you stop now, I won't. I won't be what I can be when we're good, right? They didn't stop, and now we're good. So they've been a little quiet, especially Z, you know? Um, so I'm really excited for them to be good, and, and the Cubs are dwindling. And I don't want to make this about Cub socks, even though, I mean, could we agree, f- fuck, the, fuck the Cubs, you know? Um, so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm just it's going to be so much fun. I mean, it's going to be fun just to talk smack and have a team that you're, like, proud of. I haven't been proud of a team and couldn't even tell you when. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, let, let's get into our um, Sox Twitter shout-out before we round, round the show out here. I'm excited for this guy uh, to be our Twitter spotlight of the week. Uh, it's Drunk, Sci- Drunk Shy Sox fan, the Steve-O um, on Twitter. Um, guy's awesome. Uh I mean, our podcast is very similar to theirs. I mean, you know, and they did it before us. I mean, so I and I told them that I'm like, we we want to kind of do the same thing as you guys, just you know, just get on a mic and talk shit, you know. So, um, you know, I'm excited, and uh, that you know, he he's actually gonna be the guy that's gonna be on our show, uh, March. Uh, I think it was yeah, March 21st. Um, so he'll be joining us. Um, we're gonna we're gonna drink some beer and uh, and you know talk some White Sox with him. It'll be a fun show just because he's always got a lot of create, you know, creative things to bring to the table. So um, I'm excited for that. And um, please follow him on Twitter. Drunk, shy Sox fan. I mean, between the whole Moncada, he's a bust though. And, and just talking, talking shit back to people starting like Twitter wars with people just by like meatball takes. He's a good follow and uh, he's going to be a good uh, person to have on the show. And I've met him actually at a Sox game, got a beer together. We were talking and it was, it was, it was kind of funny uh, to talk with him too in person. It's kind of nice being uh, of the older part of the technology generation because there's a lot of guys who are kind of our age, 28, 29, doing the podcast or, you know, they're kind of in their own fields. I mean, I'm pretty sure Steve is a teacher as well. I noticed that, you know, I kind of relate to that. I'm also a special education teacher, so it's kind of nice that he can kind of have his persona outside of school, and I kind of have my things outside of school and outside of volleyball, and it's nice to see someone who has pretty good takes but also just goes after people just because he can. And I know that Carrie has stopped being such a huge troll and actually becoming Twitter friends with the people he used to go after, but, I mean, it's just fun to kind of see and see what happens on Twitter and to see that, you know, steve is making funny comments and I'm always liking them and getting into it with Carrie, and that's just the most fun part. And, and I'm really excited to have him on the podcast because he will bring some other other takes just to help us kind of grow the podcast and keep going. Yeah, absolutely, and you should follow their podcast. They're the Sons of Hanarchy podcast. Um, they're awesome. Uh, they're hilarious. They pretty much just drink, get shit-faced on the podcast 
burping the mics and and just uh I mean hot take Tommy I mean he's got I I love the show but he's got probably some of the worst takes I've ever heard in my entire White Sox fandom just between thinking Carlos Rodon is going to be somebody he's not and and that Madrigal is a finished product that Every time I hear him say Magical is a finished product, I want to go through my radio and just just yell at him. So I would actually like him to get on the show too if he can. So I'll, I'll ask them. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's just I want to argue with him about, uh, about Magical because how in the hell is he a finished project, uh, product already? So, so fin- wow, I can't even talk. Follow their podcast, Sons of Hierarchy. Follow um, Steve-O at uh, Drunk Shy Sox Fan, and you know you will not be disappointed. Listen to their podcast. Tr- trust me. Yeah, they have a good podcast. I've, I've definitely checked them out when I can find time to do so, and it's it's just nice to see that Carrie thinks there's someone who's a bigger meatball than I, even though I don't feel like I am, but Carrie doesn't like my, my takes and my love for Leary Garcia, but, you know. It's good for have it's good to have differences of opinions and that's what makes our podcast great and that's what makes podcasts in general just fun. You know, we're not doing this for for fame or followers, we're doing this because we love talking White Sox. 100%. Um yeah, so I mean I don't really have much else, man. I mean there's really not much else to talk about. You know, we're going to wait for the um you know, the the spring training to kind of progress. We'll probably do another episode in uh, one more before we get on with Stevo, um, just because a lot of stuff's going on personally in our lives. Um, at least with me buying a house, I'm sure everybody already sees that. But um, yeah, it's gonna be fun moving out to the burbs, even though I'm in the burbs. But uh, and then Jake will be joining me eventually come August. Um, <coughs> so yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you know, so and then we'll have him on the show. So the next two episodes will be fun. Um, we'll just do kind of uh, another episode on. What's coming up next, you know, in, in spring training, any anything that's gone on the past couple of weeks, and then we'll do one with Steve-O, and then once the season starts, we're a weekly podcast, buddy. Strap in. We're going to have so much more to talk about, not just, you know, things we hope for, things we want. It's going to be actually a, a real finished project, unlike Nick Madrigal. So, I mean, per week... I said, uh, he's not a finished product yet. He's not a finished product. Don't jump to conclusions. You know I love him, too. You should have seen his face. But uh, one thing I really wanted to mention, uh, Carrie and I, you know, we'll talk on the phone just about every day about something that happened. But he goes, dude, next year we need to go to spring training. And that's kind of our idea. We're going to start. Obviously, we can't start planning it now, but that's an idea. Like, all right, when can we take off work? What are we doing? How many games can we go to? And hopefully we can make that a tradition for many years to come. Oh, we're we're going. I mean, it's just with me me buying a home and you guys, you know, just figuring shit out too and with your life and stuff like that we're gonna we're definitely gonna have more time next year just because we'll be in a better spot and um that's gonna be fun and hopefully we have Mookie Betts which is not gonna happen or George Springer which is not gonna happen so yeah we'll see (laughs) um so yeah we'll wrap this up I mean this was a fun episode I'm excited for the next two here um Jake any closing statements I just want the season to get here now. I This whole spring training is – it's fun to kind of get that excitement, but after the first, like, two weeks, you're like, I just need this regular season to start. So got a lot of information to kind of learn about, see who we got coming up, and see what our prospects can do against Major League talent. And just got to get through the spring training to get to opening day. Sounds good. 
the last thing I'll say is Nick Madrigal forever. <laughs>